Welcome back to Quintessential Voices. My name is Marvereen Cole. I'm the creator and the host of this podcast, a little independent podcast that I do all by myself. I'd love some more help and I'd love to interview more people, but I'm sure it'll grow organically and all that. Um, this time around, I'm talking to Kemby Clark, amazing woman, amazing journey, discussing her philosophy on natural hair and why she puts on a fantastic exhibition in Birmingham annually called Return to Your Roots. We have to think about our health in terms of not what we put on our hair or on our skin, but in terms of what we eat, um, because what we eat will determine the quality and the, the, the nature of you know our skin and our hair and our bodies and our health at the end of the day and that became really important for me because I had a mini stroke three years ago uh, which shook me to the core um, and actually made me sit and think about my health more. From the age of 15, I've been doing hair and doing natural hair. And it's just been a, a talent that I just woke up and realized I could do. Um, so started then and started charging family members and friends to do their hair because I was part of a church community. So obviously we know a lot of people. And it really just grew out of just doing hair. It just really motivated me, it really energized me. Um, I think, is it the left, left side of your brain? Um, I felt I just needed something that I didn't have to think too hard about, um, that I could just do. But also, when women got out of the chair, having done their hair, they were energized and they were looking in the mirror and thinking, whoa, I've been transformed. So my motto is transforming the way you look and feel. And from that sort of, um, that, that brand, I suppose, I then set up a natural hair salon. One day I just thought, what am I doing? Just set up a natural hair salon. So within two weeks, I was set up in the jewelry quarter running a natural hair business. Within two weeks, okay, hang on, because there are people who are gonna be listening going, okay, I wanna start my own business. I do wanna start my own hair business. How do I do that? How did you draw, and what sort of resources did you draw upon to be able to make that happen within two weeks? Okay, I am a little bit of a workaholic and very driven, very focused. Um, I'm a doer. If I decide I'm going to do something, I do it. So I remember telling my friend Joanne, Joanne Campbell, um, one day, you know what, Joe, I'm going to set up a salon in the jewellery quarter. And she said, what? I said, yeah. Within two weeks, I went back and said, I've set up my business in the jewellery quarter. She couldn't believe it. She nearly collapsed. And I suppose all it was, was finding a venue. So I scouted around and researched and found a really ideal place. There was a number at the, um, on, on, on the shop window and I rang the number and said, it was vacant at the time, can I um, have this as a salon? Yeah, he said. Um, his name was Roger Levy, um, a Jewish gentleman. And within two weeks, a friend gave me a sofa that she had in storage and um, I had quite a few bits and pieces, you know, in terms of materials and things and supplies, because I was mobile anyway before that. 
so I had some of the, the, the stuff I needed. And then another friend who wanted to set up her massage business um, decided to share with me. So it was more affordable. So she had the back, I had the front, and set it up like a front room. So it was very easy, quite cheap. Actually, somebody donated a beautiful mirror, and, and there, there it was. And when was that? That was in 2005. And that, and actually, I was doing that at the same time as, as working. So I was working a full-time job. After work, I'd, be, I'd rush to the salon, and I'd work till about 10, sometimes 12, okay? Um, and that's how I, I, I ran things for probably three years, and then decided this was probably not sustainable, okay? Um, what do you mean in terms of the, the amount of effort that you're putting in on top of your full-time job? Okay. In terms of, yes, the amount of effort, but also the fact that I was at work from nine till five and could only be in the salon from six till 10. So paying um, rent for dead time wasn't really sustainable. And also I couldn't find really good hairdressers, reliable hairdressers that were as good and were dependable. So therefore, I decided I needed to stop. However, I just wanted to ask actually how you felt about that decision then, because obviously people go into running a business, um, you know, to make it sustainable as far as they can. For you taking that decision, how did that feel when you decided you had to change what you were doing? Okay, I gave it quite a bit of thought, weighed up the pros and cons, and um, decided I had to stop doing it in that way and then I went mobile so I was still offering the service because a lot of women would say I really want the service but I can't come to the shop can you come to me and for women with children and so on it made so much sense for them so uh, it was a natural transition really to doing mobile um, and then deciding I'm only focusing on certain things. So, because it's quite time consuming, and as I'm getting a bit older, you know, it does take a lot of energy. So I decided to focus on locks and really focus on just braiding and twisting. And as time has gone on, braiding has become less and less because again, that's more time consuming. So I'm probably do a few twists, but locks is my thing now and helping women to transition from, from relaxers to natural. Excellent. Just sticking with the entrepreneurial side of things then, you've experienced um, moving from mobile into having a, a place in the jewellery quarter in Birmingham, a very prominent place, and moving back to mobile. Any advice then, any tips are you able to give to women listening who, who are just thinking about setting up a business? might not necessarily be hair, but... Given you can reflect now on the experiences you've had, what sort of advice could you give as someone who's been through that experience who wants to set up a business of their own? Okay, I would say definitely think a bit more. Don't do it in two weeks. Although <laughs> that, that works for me every time because okay. whatever I do, I do 100%. And I don't know what it is, if it's intuition or gut instinct or what, I always land on my feet. That's me, everyone's different. So I suppose partly that might be a weakness, but I think maybe a more calculated thought out, you know, weigh up the pros and cons, decide what you really want to do 
um, have you got the resources? Have you got people to, you know, to support you? Maybe go in business with, with a friend. So, okay, you, you find a premises. Rather than think, I'm going to pay the rent myself, try to be creative and look at what else would fit in that space. What can, um, what would, what's the word, complement what I do. Not necessarily compete, but complement, like I did with the massage um, service that complemented my hair. Because again, you will um, benefit from her customers coming in because they're coming in for a massage. Oh, you do hair, right, I'm interested. So I actually got some of my customers in that way. And you just have to be totally focused and persevere. Just don't give up because if you have a dream and you really believe it, go hell for leather, even when you're feeling, oh wow, what am I doing? Go with your head and not with your emotions because they will take you down every time, okay? Um, sounds like it's a story there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hear people say, oh, I don't feel so good about this, I don't feel this, I don't feel that. Don't go with feel, actually go with I know and the research you've done and the information you have so you know what you're doing even when it doesn't feel great. Persevere because another two weeks, another two months, another year, you'll be somewhere else um, and you will be going up and up and up and up. So it's actually just putting one foot in front of each of the other and just keep going, perseverance. You're absolutely right, patience, isn't it? And I absolutely. think actually, you know, when you talk maybe to some people who are starting out, they kind of want to feel, they want to see the success happen instantly, overnight, like there is a, there is a thing that, that, that overnight uh, success exists, but it doesn't. It is about hard work and patience and, and your testament to that. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how you feel, you know, what your philosophy is on natural hair, because, you know, there's a, there's a huge British natural hair movement now, very much influenced, I think, by the kind of wave of the American influence, and with, there are lots of American hair bloggers, and, and there are a lot, a lot more black British hair bloggers now. Um, what do you think about the movement, and what's your philosophy on natural hair? Okay. My philosophy is, and I believe in the creator, that the creator doesn't make mistakes, so my hair grows out of my head in a certain way and I embrace it rather than trying fighting with it. And I haven't always been like this. I'll tell you a story, really interesting. When I was at school around the age of 13, 14, I, I wouldn't say I hated my hair, but I was fascinated with European hair. And I actually used to pull bits of hair out of my white friend's heads they would also supply some hair. They would pull it out and give it to me. I actually made a wig with the top of a, of a pair of tights and sewed the hairs onto the, the, the head. Because at that time, and as we know as black, black girls, we were fascinated with long hair and being able to flick the hair. And, you know, so I did that. Um, and I found that really interesting at the time. My father actually saw it and burnt it, okay? So we go through that kind of journey of seeing beauty, seeing um, what is the norm um, through, through the eyes of a child as really reinforced by what surrounds me. And that's living in Britain, living in a white society. So that kind of negates my own blackness, I suppose, and my own kind of cultural identity. I also grew up in church, which didn't reinforce that. Um, in the same way that maybe if you grew up as Rasta, 
you would have a different kind of cultural, you know, um, kind of identity. So, uh, yeah, that started my journey. And then I just really begin, began to embrace um, natural hair. I started to understand my history. I started to research and think about what have we done in the past? Who are we as a people? And it really kind of empowered me. And then I, I just thought, I just want to be who I'm meant to be. Why am I trying to be somebody else? And funny enough, that kind of discovery meant my, the way I positioned my body changed. I was more confident, whereas before my shoulders used to slump and I'd look in the mirror and think, oh my God, who's that looking back at me? And I just felt so, so much more powerful now, um, owning my identity as opposed to, you know, being ashamed of it or fighting against it. Um, so yeah, and I even changed my name. My name is Kembi. It hasn't always been. I don't know if I should tell you what it is. Um, but now my name means beautiful African woman. So Kembe, it was a name that I claimed for us as black women, us as African women. It's not about me being vain. It's about this is who we are. We are beautiful with our lovely big lips and our big bums and our, you know, yeah, big thighs and, you know, small waists. And we're beautiful because there's no other copy of you on the planet. So let's embrace it and be happy in it rather than compare yourself to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? To be something that you're not. So given you telling us this, your story about identity and seeing that today at your natural hair show, there are lots of mums with their little girls and thinking about reflecting upon my own identity journey, how important do you think it is that our young black girls now today are instilled with that sense of pride about their skin and their natural hair? I think it is crucial. It is so, so important that they're not repeating the journeys that we started, that they can start, you know, a little further ahead. And that's down to a lot of the time to the mothers and our parents um, actually being the example. Uh, somebody once wrote, um, I think it was Ianna van, van Zandt, that as mothers, we are always teaching whether we're conscious of it or not. And actually we are. So we have to show that example. We have to be confident in the mirror and we sit and we say, oh, I love my hair, rather than, oh God, what am I going to do with this? Oh my God, my hair's so nappy, my hair's so picky-picky. We've got to stop that because we're teaching our daughters how to the, you know, have a relationship with their hair. So at this event, we definitely have um, workshops for, for children where they can play with hair and they can braid and have a go. But we also have a storyteller who is, um, has written a book called My Hair Curls. And um, I think it's brilliant that she's embracing that and helping young girls to actually recognize the texture of their hair and understand that it's fine, it's okay, it's lovely and beautiful. Because they then will grow up with a sense of, well, you know, this is my hair. Even if you say to me, your hair's nappy, I'll just turn around and say, well, it's actually quite beautiful without feeling negative about, you know, self-image and, and so on. So it's so important that we do that all the time. And in doing that, the, and my philosophy is that we don't dog women who decide they want to relax or, you know, to, to perm their hair 
because they too are going through a journey that we probably were at at one point in our in our lives so it's about just giving as much information to women so that they can actually make up their minds about what they need to do you know whether it's from a health perspective or um, you know from an identity perspective then it's it's down to them and I have included quite a bit around health in this um, show because I think both go together we have to think about our health in terms of not what we put on our hair or on our skin but in terms of what we eat um, because what we eat will determine the quality and the, the the nature of you know our skin and our hair and our bodies and our health at the end of the day and that became really important for me because I had a mini stroke three years ago uh, which shook me to the core um, and actually made me sit and think about my health more hence the the combining of the two um, and I say it was a stroke of luck okay because it's opened my eyes to um, the importance of health embracing you know raw live foods um, not just eating processed food because we're eating ourselves to death um, and I don't want to really get negative about that but let's think about what our parents used to feed us or our great-grandparents and the Return to Our Roots brand is about returning to our roots in terms of our hair and the roots of our hair and returning to the, our roots in terms of the, the land and the food and the roots that we need to get our food from. How else do you spread that philosophy of yours to the rest of the world? Okay, now I normally do quite a lot of things so I deliver training in equality and diversity I do hair so health and well-being and hair will be the things things that I'm focusing on going forward so I'm going to be promoting this on an ongoing basis in our churches um, in our community halls in our schools and what I want to do is collaborate with as many partners as possible and other businesses um, in other areas and already women are reaching out to me from Oxford and various places and saying we want to do this there because women are saying it's in Birmingham why is it not in, in Oxford so already we've got dates planned for collaboration which I think is brilliant because what we need to do is create one movement we're not competing let's use the resources in the best way possible to get the message across um, and women are up for it because um, as I say, this is not about can be, this is about getting the information out to as many people. So I'm open to collaboration in terms of, you know, natural hair and health. And wherever people are, that's where we need to take the message. Excellent. And beyond you being this maven of natural hair and, uh, you know, a healthy lifestyle, who are you? How do you relax at home? And, you know, how do you best wind down when you're not rushing around like a mad thing, organising and enlightening and educating people? I'm glad you asked that question because after my stroke, that really took me to another place in terms of spirituality. So I take that really seriously. So in the, the minute times and spaces that I have, if I'm not working, I'm into meditation um, I'm into um, mindfulness and very much into African ancient spirituality. So again, going back to my roots um, and it's been amazing 
that journey and I'm still on that journey and learning um, and it's helping me in my relationships with other people, helping me to unwind. Exercise is really important, but again, it's not going to a gym and pounding. It's very much kind of yoga, um, what we call qigong, which is a very slow kind of Chinese movements. But what they do is tone our organs and also um, makes the mind and the brain very... Um, very kind of astute and very clear. So in times of challenge, I try to go in and inward and be at peace because it's only at that point that you, be, you get the clarity. So I'm learning a lot from you know the spiritual side as well. So it's a very kind of holistic approach to myself and development. That was Kembe Clark there uh, talking about her philosophy on natural hair for women of African Caribbean origin. Thanks for listening. Make sure you sign up to my newsletter if you're not already signed up. It means that you get the earliest information and the first release on every single podcast before anybody else. And also you're automatically entered into my free monthly beauty prize draw. Facebook.com forward slash TV Marv is how you sign up. And um, I hope you enjoy it. Definitely leave me a review wherever you hear this, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher. I appreciate you listening. Until next time. Bye.